Hi everyone, this is Crystal Carmen and you're listening to Almost Bougie, a show with the random musings of a curvy beauty and fashion entrepreneur. Stay tuned. Hello, Amper, and thank you so much for joining me on Almost Bougie. How are you today? I'm doing well, Crystal. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm going to go ahead and let the audience know uh, what to expect from today's show. So, thank you so much for tuning in to Almost Bougie. This is the episode where we actually discuss one or two love topics um, and conversations, the conversations that we're all having with our friends and maybe family members. And so we're bringing it to you today on Almost Bougie. So today the inquiry that I received was, or the question that I received was, um, if, the, if, I'm, if I'm pregnant, the young lady's pregnant, um, if I am pregnant, so she hasn't, wasn't able to confirm it, um, my boyfriend doesn't want me to have the baby. He said he's not ready and that I need to abort. And um, if I am pregnant, I, I basically am considering keeping it. I would want to keep it. And um, I don't know what to do here. So um, how we're going to approach this is we're going to discuss today um, what someone should do in that case or what they should, should be thinking or um, how to handle that because uh, it is the woman's body. We know that, right? Um, and we also know that uh, it does become his child or it is his child and he will have a child um, against his will, if you will. So um, we'll talk about that subject and, um, you know, what our thoughts are about that. Of course, you, the listener, you can always leave me or call in uh, to the show right here on Anchor, anchor.fm. Be sure to download the app. You can leave me a voice message even after this podcast is aired. And um, I can, uh, with your permission, of course, I can include them in the next episode um, as we recap about the conversation. So um, joining me today is Amber, um, and Amber is calling from South Dakota, and she will be chatting with me today about this very interesting topic. So Amber, young lady lady thinks she's pregnant. Um, She's uh, not sure yet, but she thinks so, you know, missed cycle and all that, some other symptoms. Um, She did have the talk with her boyfriend, which was mature. So I'm already, you know, um, on board with that and, and, you know, glad that she was able to come to him with the situation. And, um, and he was honest, you know, uh, she didn't indicate by, uh, by the way she posted it uh, or wrote it that uh, he was upset or angry at her. You know, he was just clear about him not being ready, too young for this and, um, and would rather not at this time. So obviously she feels that abortion is her last option. Those were her words. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, what do you think about it? Of course, I'll tune in with mine, but love to hear what you think about that. Okay, so what I think is, um, because I, I was kind of in this situation with, uh, with my son. Um, I, he was a surprise. And I, I feel like, first of all, if you don't feel like you're ready, you're too young for this, then you don't need to be doing things that will put you into this situation in the first place. 
So if you feel like you've grown enough to, you know, get get your groove on and do things that, you know, practice makes perfect, then you should be able to be grown enough to deal with those consequences. In her case, if she is ready to deal with that consequence and to be the mother to this baby, this this young little bundle of joy, um, I feel she should go through it. Yes, he'll say, oh, you should abort. That's that's not a form of birth control. I don't think you should use that as birth control. You know, oh, I was doing something I didn't right. do it. Let me go ahead and get an abortion. Um, I don't feel like that is, you know, just, oh, let me just do birth control. I'm not ready yet. So just let's let's start over. This is not, you know, Mario Brothers or anything like that. Um, give him the option, too. Give him the option. You know, if she's ready, she's going to be ready whether she's with somebody or not. Like, she, she'll, she'll get it done. Um, say, hey, look, I'm, I know, I hear what you're saying. I totally get it. Um, if I am, I feel like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and keep it. You can be a part if you want. That's great. I would love that because we did this together. Um, or um, if you are just not ready, then we will put into motion those things that will exclude you from any parental rights obligations anything there's you don't have to I'm not going to bother you with anything but this is my choice I'm keeping a baby you know what I mean um because there's 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 always options you don't use kids as leverage you don't use them as a weapon and the kids didn't ask to be here so you make that conscious decision yes, I'm ready to keep it, then don't let anybody sway you from that. Keep it. If that's if that's what you're ready for, you, you do that. Um, he may beg and plead and, and look delicious while he's doing it, but um, you both decided to do that thing that caused that child to be or possibly be um, growing to, to come and meet everybody, take his first breath and, and the whole nine. Um, so you should be ready for that other side of getting all that enjoyment. And that's, that's just kind of how I feel. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I like, I feel like, I mean, and I, like, I, I agree with that situation where it's like, okay, you you when you first like you should be getting to it like I mean I I totally feel accidents happen right so I don't want to say okay well like you absolutely shouldn't be having sex at all right um but I mean I think you should the risk right because we all know that consent right <laughs> but um but well at least if you're actually having sex i pray that you understand that that may result um and i um i i was in a situation where i had a, i had um uh in fact i was uh you know uh i was actually really shocked when it happened but um in that case in this girl's situation I feel, like I said, I feel great that she went and discussed it with him. I just want to applaud him for being honest, right? Because um, 
you know, uh, I've had a situation where, you know, uh, the gentleman is kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to be fabulous. I'm going to be a great person and a, and a great father. And, and the moment that it was time to kind of uh, live up to those statements and, and proclamations, that wasn't the case. So, um, so I really do applaud him on, on being able to be honest. Um, but then I get, I also feel like there's a, there's a, a gray area there, right? Because I feel like uh, if she's against abortion, right? Uh, which clearly she must be if that's her last option, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm imagining that's not something she feels very, very good about. So I don't know, you know, who's to say if it's if she's against it. I, I also feel like you know this puts puts a strain on everybody because you know here she is like about to do something that she could probably regret for the rest of her life, right? Um, yeah. And then here's this gentleman who has to live with something that he's probably going to regret for the rest of his life because he already doesn't want it, right? Right. Um, and then, un- unfortunately, in, in a lot of these cases, particularly when, when the people are young, right, she, he leaves, right? And now she's, like, that was her love. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's almost like a double loss. So, right. you know, you lose the person that you loved or you cared about so strongly, and then uh, so you lose a relationship, um, and then you are a single parent now. Um, and you, and I, you know, I, you, you've been pregnant, I've been pregnant. Like it, it is rough <laughs> to be married and, or, um, in a partnership and pregnant in my opinion. So even to, to be single is a lot, is a lot more pressure and, and it's, and, um, you know, it can be emotionally jarring because, you know, you go into these appointments and you're going alone, you know, or, or maybe you are going with a friend or something, but like you understand and you're very cognizant in my opinion, anyhow, of the absence of that person. Um, and, you know, sometimes a little bit uncertain, especially if you're not financially secure, uncertain of the future, uncertain of, um, you know, how you're going to provide for the child in the long term. And then that uh, begs, begs a question of its own, right? What do you think about that? Like what happens to the quality of life of the child? Um, do we, do we support, you know, um, terminating a pregnancy for the sake of not putting it through poverty or do we, does he have the right to be as upset if he, if the baby's put up for adoption? Like what, what are your thoughts on that, on that topic, the adoptions? Cause let's be honest, like abortion is not the only option. There's, there are adoption. Adoption is, is another alternative. What are your thoughts on that? That's a wonderful, um, option i feel like if if nothing else you know if you just i me personally like there would have to be some dire straits for me to say okay let's abort um so my my thoughts would be my job as a parent to this person that i'm bringing into the world is to make sure this person can have has the opportunity to have their best life and I realize their best life won't be with me. So I'm going to put this child in a situation to where they have the opportunity to live their best life. So adoption is definitely one of those things because there are so many people out here that have so much love to give and they can't get pregnant themselves. Or they had, um, they got pregnant, um, but they can't stay pregnant. 
or they got pregnant, had the baby, and something happened, and they lost that too. Um, so they have all this love to give, and they have uh, they have the the finances and the resources and everything to make sure that this child has their best life. I would gladly put my children into a situation where they can have their best life. Uh, if I knew that me trying to hold on was going to make them suffer um, at my hand because I, I can't provide for them what they need. Right. So that's definitely an option. There are always options. And just because you're like, oh, surprise, you know, I was doing something I had a business doing and now here come a kid and I really, um, I'm not ready. There's always options as right. opposed to saying, just kill it and we'll start over. Right. Um, and I mean, in this particular case, obviously, we're not aware of what the gentleman feels about adoption. Um, but, I, you know, I would imagine, I, I mean, I can't, well, I can't be in a man's shoes, but I can imagine that might be a little concerning as well. Like, okay, well, now that the baby is born, you know, I just, I feel an obligation to be involved, you know, which, which is a whole nother thing. But in this particular case, you know, if she's not pregnant, obviously, you know, that's, that's the happiest scenario of course, moving forward. She can triple, be like triple protection on about, uh, you know, conceiving. But, um, but at that point too, I would personally reevaluate the situation because um, if I'm not, if I'm sort of ready to have a child and he's not, then I think that conversation needs to be had as well. Uh, what are our expectations like? Where what do we what do we both uh, looking for when it's appropriate to to have a child? Do we have the same viewpoints on that? Because if he never wants to have children, right? Right. And she does. That's going to be a problem going forward, anyhow. So I think now is the time for that kind of mature. I mean, I, it should have been done before, but now is the time for that to be brought up to the table, particularly um, in the case of not being pregnant. So that way there's uh, strategies put in effect to prevent the possibility of occurring, of that occurring. And for her to kind of know where she stands because um, he's basically saying, like, if, if you ever get pregnant while well, I'm not ready, like, it's, 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 it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested. And so... I think it's important that she sees where they are and that they're seeing on the same page and they're on the same page with things. Um, and I hope that, you know, he can, and I will go ahead and leave a comment, you know, and reply back to her about, uh, you know, the consideration of adoption. I mean, I have four children. And so I, um, I personally don't choose to abort pregnancies, but um, you know, like you said, in extenuating circumstances, you know, life or death issues or things that are not going to be things that are going to be really, really um, awful. Like, I understand where sometimes that has to be the choice. But, um, but being that I personally don't, um, don't want to and, and, and have never been in a place where I felt like that was the only way out. Um, you know, I feel like adoption in this case, if, if she is pregnant, would be the best way. And I would, I would, you know, recommend the, the form of adoption that allowed um, the two-way communication, you know, 
So, you know, if she wanted to to be involved in the child's life once they're 18, that that might be possible. Right. You know, um, if, if possible, you know, I know that we can't always get what we want when it comes to those type of situations, but uh, that's, that's what I would, would recommend. I mean, I personally see abortion as the final alternative. And, and for me, in my case, okay, and, and I'm not, you know, downing anyone's personal choices, but in my case, it would have to be like a serious life or death concern. Right. Where, where, you know, uh, having this baby was going to be to the ultimate detriment of the baby or to the ultimate detriment of myself because I have other children as well. Right. So, uh, so there's that. Um, but it's a, but it's a good topic and it's an important topic. And I think that, um, that we need to always encourage our female friends, our daughters, our sisters, our cousins, uh, to one, definitely let the guy know as, as soon as possible. And two, to always have that discussion with your partner about what happens if, because I think if those discussions are happening, are happening before these occur, then the next step is already kind of set out for you. Right. You know, and of course, you know, when emotions, when things like this happen, you know, emotions are going through. I mean, I've been pregnant four times. I think I know you get a little emotional. There's a lot of, you know, chemicals and stuff and hormones running through your body. And so you may not be able to react as soundly as you would have otherwise. So knowing, hey, we've had this conversation before. This is what we discussed. Do you still feel like that's the right plan for us? Yes. Okay, let's move forward. No, it's not. I don't agree with that anymore then, uh, you know, you can get to that bridge when you come to it. But that's my thought on that. Now, um, we have a second topic, unless you have something else to add to that conversation, Amber. Um, that is about, that's about uh, how, that's, that's about it for how I feel. Like, there, there's always options, and... Um, just because she's like, oh, I'm too young, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready, that's, abortion is never a form of birth, birth control. And if it happens unexpectedly, there are other options that will allow both parents or whichever party that's uncomfortable to move forward in a way that they are comfortable. There, there's always something out there. And if you don't know, there's always somebody out there willing to listen and to see if they can point you in the right direction that's all I got on that one yeah um, I definitely agree with you on that Um, there is it's always good to talk to someone as well besides obviously you want to talk to your partner but even besides your partner um, you know it's it's one of those decisions that you don't want to make you know with a hot head if you say um, there are you know different ways that uh that you can do things and and um also I just wanted to mention that there's um if you ever feel conflicted or or concerned there are hotlines out there to help you uh you, there is a um a particular line called um the uh the lifeline excuse me pregnancy opt line. And uh, that is 1-800-712-4357, 1-800-712-4357. It is called the option line. 
Uh, once again, that's 1-800-712-4357. Uh, I do not endorse any particular line. Uh, you can go and Google and type in pregnancy hotlines, and there are pregnancy hotlines all over America for you to call uh, and discuss your concerns with someone. Um, do be careful. Some of the uh, hotlines are not are biased toward one way or the other. Um, try to look for some places that uh, advertise that they are are neutral and providing you with uh, with assistance and counsel. Okay, and that was all for that particular topic. So now we're going to talk about something juicy. <laughs> oh, girl! <laughs> so. Uh, the uh, inbox that I received was actually, it's, it's pretty funny, but you know, it is what it is. So we have a young lady. Let me pull this up. Hold on. I should have had it up. Sorry, I was getting that hotline number. Okay. Okay. So. This particular situation was basically comes down to how about what, how do I feel? How do we feel about men, right? Who like, how do I, how do I summarize this inbox? (laughs) How do we feel about men who are like, Hobosexuals. <laughs> so hobosexuals, Amber, because I know you want to know what that is, right? You just could you hear me not be able to get the question out? <laughs> hobosexuals. <What? laughs> Hold on. Okay, I'm so sorry, guys. <clears throat> I apologize. Let me um let me be professional here. Um hobosexual <laughs> is a is a man who uses women for a place to live or like basically for a place to stay, a car to drive, and money. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. Oh. Mm. Oh, and, me, look, girl, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So he's called a hobo sexual because he's he's willing to be with anybody with a with a house. <laughs> I'm back. So oh. let's deal with this new rising epidemic in the uh, dating and relationship world, uh, the rise of the hobosexual. And um, I'm going to, uh, because I have to make sure that this is a uh, PC, right? We're going to look up hobosexual on the urban dictionary. Don't ever get on that dictionary by yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'm so serious. It's like you ever feel like you got to that part of the internet? That's that is. Like, how did I end up here? Like, oh my God, I do that sometimes. Okay, urban. Oh, it part. Wow, Wiktionary happens to have it. Interesting. Okay, well, it's on Wiktionary. Uh, a hobosexual. It is uh, a person sexually attracted to tramps or a person of an unkept kempt appearance uh, who jumps into relationships to have a place to live. Wow. 
and used in a sentence is that fool only with her for a roof. He's a hobosexual. Yeah. Oh my God. Guys, if you uh, have personally met a hobosexual or have dated a hobosexual, please leave me a voice message right here on anchor.fm. You can download the app and leave me a voice message um, anytime. I can listen to the messages and, ca- and incorporate them into my next podcast. I would love to know what you thought about this situation. If you've heard of one, if you've seen one, if your friend is dating one, let us know about these hobosexuals. In the meantime, I happen to know, uh, personally know a hobosexual, and I am going to be discussing uh, that situation with Amber and see what our take is on it. So, Amber, I met a homosexual. Right. Um, it was many years ago. I want to say 2007-ish. Right. Um, I didn't know he was a homosexual because he presented as a standard suitor. Um. You know what? I'm going to take that back real quick because maybe I knew something was amiss, but I didn't know specifically that he was a homosexual. I just, I I knew something was wrong, but see, I was in my independent woman mode. I was in my, I got you. Because that's, that's what everybody was preaching. You know, Beyonce had me, all the ladies is independent. Throw your hands up at me. So I was like, you know, I got this, boo. You know, I got the job, I got the car. Uh, back then, I would have called myself a snack, I guess. But, I, you know, that wasn't hot back then. But I thought I was, you know, straight. And so I met him. I was introduced to him by a friend. And we walked to the store. And I, as we walked into the store together, because it was like right around the corner, this was a good, good friend of mine, pretty much my best friend. Um, we are no longer best friends. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> you know why so we we're no longer friends however she hooked me up with with him he was the brother of um the gentleman she was dating um and so i um we walked to the store you know he was very gentlemanly however i should have known something was wrong because he was wearing a sherling coat and I don't know if you know about Sherlands, but they're really, really out of date. But see, I wasn't trying to be superficial. You understand what I mean? I thought he was just rocking the original playbacks, right? So left that alone. Get to the store. We're chatting. I'm grabbing, I think, I don't know what I was getting. Something to drink, bag of chips, something or the other. Maybe chicken, because that place served church's chicken. Yes, I, yes, I know. Church's chicken. I know. I said it. The show's called Almost Bougie, so don't just. So, anyhow, I was in the store, and I asked, I believe it was at a point where we had to exchange numbers. <laughs> oh, my God. If I, if I think about it right now, like, it cracks me up, because, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Please this- don't tell me he had a flip phone. Or he was like, I'll just call you from the payphone. Don't say that because... He said, I will give you my number, but I don't got minutes. Ooh. And do you want to know what I did? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm through. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah. What did you do, Crystal? 
I bought him a, a refill card. <laughs> oh, why? Because <laughs> you see Beyonce, I ain't messing with her. Do not. <laughs> I am not. Beyonce will have you in the pen fooling with these crazies. Girl, I'm, I was independent woman. I was like, oh, I got you. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, I can't. I'm crying right now. So, so I bought him a car, and I was like, "Now you can call me." Oh yeah, boo. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Listen. Wow. No. I love my bae. Bae, you you left me hanging on that one, boo. So anyway, because she didn't give me the whole manual. You know what I mean? She just told me to be independent. She didn't tell me I was supposed to be getting people packs of cigarettes and refilling their, their cell phones and stuff. <laughs> so, whew, so after I refill his card, I guess he had to call me now, right? Oh, my baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. What was I thinking, girl? Anyway. So, whew. so he called me, of course, and I thought it was so romantic that he would walk all the way from Allentown to come see me. Well, wait, he, wait, wait, stand by one. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Let's back this train <laughs> right on up. Woo! See, I'm in South Dakota right now, ma'am. I've been to Pennsylvania maybe two, three times in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. But you said he walked all the way to Alton. Well, I shouldn't be asking you this question, ma'am. Where did he walk from? From Allentown to Bethlehem is 13 miles. And he walked from, see, first of all, you finish your story because, just finish your story because this is this is not my story. You finish your story, ma'am. I'm listening. All ears. You know what I realize right now? This means he didn't have money for the bus. <laughs> That's why I said you finish your story. Because I caught that too. Yo. Hold <laughs> on. I'm sorry, listeners. I gotta get my second. Oh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you my homosexual story. Okay. Okay. Please, because so I didn't know until you started talking about it. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. I didn't know until you started talking about it that that's what that was called. See, um, right after I had my son, I was going through postpartum depression. I just I didn't think I could do any better. So I ran into this dude, right, and he was. Um, he man, he talked so fast. He was just he was a slick talker. Everything that he that came out of his mouth was just dripping artificial honey, right? And so I I could see that. I see through people like that. But I'm thinking I can't do any better. So I might as well just go ahead because he paying me attention and you know hang out with this guy. <sighs> we were hanging out for maybe three four days. We went to McDonald's one day on the way home, and I'm eating fries, or whatever. He's like, I love you. And so I stuffed my 18 fries in my mouth. So I didn't have to say nothing back. Because it's been like, we it's been a whole 72 hours. And 
you see me equivalent of maybe 35 minutes. What do you love? I'm short. Don't don't play with me. Um and he's like, You hear what I said? I said, I heard I heard you I'm eating fries. But you know, I'm benefit of the doubt. I'm like, this all I this I'm all I'm good enough to get. So let me see what what's what. So, you know, you know, a couple of months, a couple of months go by. He called me in the middle of the day and said, hey, um, I was thinking, you know, we had this new couple move in at my job and uh, they, 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 they here now and I was going to sublet them my apartment. I was going to move in with you and then, you know, it'll, you know, it'll be good from there. And I'm like, well, you know what? Well, let's back this train on up. Let's pump the brakes, sir. It's lunchtime. Let's talk about it when I get off work. If I listen, first of all, I don't even know why he had access to my house. But I came home after work. This sucker had everything that he owned, which probably was fitting back a pickup truck, in my house. Like the deal was already done. He just moved right on in. And I'm like, um, I sir. Hello, uh, what are, what what are we doing here? Um, what what is? Oh yeah, wow, you know, I already did that and this that, and the third and pull it on me. I'm like, well, this is a real bad situation, but I don't have the heart to tell you to get to stepping because ain't nobody said you can do all of this. Um, and he, you know, he just set up shop. And I was like, we, this is, we, we not married. We can't do this. He's like, okay, well, let's get married. I'm dumb. So oh, like, no, no, no. Uh, he did okay. not say that. I refuse so, to believe yeah. We got, we got married, girl. We got married. And I was like, you know, six months in, I'm like, I can't do this. You know, one of the arguments that we had at that, between uh, the time we got married and the time I decided this was not going to work was, where is all your money? He was like, well, I still got a little bit, but, you know, I would rather have money in my pocket as opposed to pay my bills. Oh. Yeah. Look, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I quit. I'm not doing nothing else. But I was pregnant. What? Girl, you got pregnant by a homosexual. Listen, I said, okay, God, look, look, I tell you what, you pick one. You pick me or you pick him. Because if you pick him, one of us going to jail and one of us going to the graveyard. Like, you pick. You tell me. If you pick me, you put us where we need to be and everything will be kosher. So he picked me. Praise God. He picked me. Thank you, Jesus. Um, So, And I was able to put myself in a place where my mindset wasn't I can't do no better maybe if I do what I'm supposed to do then he'll act right because he he's a homosexual because that's what he want to be you know you don't you don't do what you're supposed to do and hope somebody gonna do what they supposed to do. they do what they supposed to do when they feel like that's what they want to do like you know what I'm gonna be a stand-up individual I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do um, 
I was able to put myself back in the position where I could do what I was supposed to be doing because I was thinking clearly and um, I needed to be a stand-up mom for my kids. And uh, looking back on retrospect, from the very first time, he said, hey, Miss Le- hey, you need to get away from me. Fast, sir. <laughs> Don't say nothing else. Don't even look at me. I promise if I catch you looking at me from across the parking lot, I'm going to light you on fire. I'll get away from me. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hindsight. I had no, I, no idea about a homosexual. That's so funny. That's like my life story. <laughs> both, of, both of these topics is like my life story. What are we doing today? <laughs> we are airing it all on on almost bougie. That's what we're doing. It. Girl, listen, I am almost bougie. I tell you, I'm almost today. Do you understand me? There is going to be a young man or a young woman, because let's be honest, homosexuals can be female. There's going to be a young man or a young woman whose life we saved today. Listen. So listen. I'm all about helping people. Now. I'm ready to finish this story because there's more. Crystal so, on the air. <laughs> okay. So he would walk to, to my house. And you know, he would come see me all the time. And I thought this was the sweetest thing since big bread. And it lets it reminds me of how how badly I did not know how to be treated. <laughs> But this was the most romantic thing anyone has ever done for me, right? Walk all the way over to see me, right? (laughs) 13 miles. Oh, I thought that was the cutest thing. Bless his heart. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's more effort than some of these dudes out here are putting nowadays. But anyway, um, so he would walk to go see me. But it just got to a point where I started to notice some signs and symptoms. And um, I'm like, why is this guy not going hard to get a job? Like, what is the problem? So then I find a solution because you know me. Remember, I'm on my, I'm on my Beyonce. I'm not afraid you. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm like, I got this. Like, that's all right. I turn, I turn rocks into diamonds. You don't know me. So I'm like, okay, look, don't worry about the job. There's this thing called, oh, well, I think it's called work ready. Don't quote me on this, but it was like this place where you could go every morning at 5 a.m. And as long as you were there on time, you would have work and they pay you the same day. Labor ready. So I'm not affiliated with labor ready. They did not pay me to be featured here. This is a true story. So he would go to the labor ready place. I started dropping him off there because like he was staying over more than he wasn't. And we know how that game gets played, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. And so he started doing the labor ready and he would, you know, I would have to drive him to the labor ready. Mind you, I'm driving him before I got to go to work. So I'm dragging my kids out in the morning early because I'm not leaving my kids in the house by themselves to get him to work. So he, who saw? So anyway, um, I was doing that little game (laughs) and uh, where this story comes to its climax is that this continued and continued, and he basically didn't, she had poor work ethic. It wasn't, he wasn't driven. Um, 
he didn't really feel like he had to do much of anything. And then, of course, little by little, the stories start coming out. Like, he has four kids that are on child support. And, of course, the child support payments are coming out of the check. And then, guess who feels bad that he hasn't seen his kids and pays for a trip down to New York? Yes, me. Um. I did it. I really did that from the heart. And if I, had, if I had to do it again, I would. And the only reason why is because to me, it's so important that that there be some sort of sense of connection, not so much for the dad than for the children. Mm-hmm. And, and as a mother, I knew that. And he, they were expecting him to come down. And I didn't want, I didn't want them to be disappointed in him because I know what that feels like. And and I said, well, yeah, ain't nobody got to know who paid for the trip, right? So I did, and I and I, I you know, I, I paid for the the trip, the transportation, the food, you know, whatever. And um, and I met his daughters, and like they are, the, they were so amazing and so sweet to me. And so that part was one hundred percent from my heart, and I meant it. Um, and I would do it again. And actually, his daughters like this beautiful model. So it it was it was worth it is the point of that part. But but I started to realize like you know this is not going anywhere. Like I feel like you don't have the same you know concept. And guess what he did, girl? Basically, obviously, you have someone else there eating, drinking, spending money, all that stuff. I ended up I think I think I ended up losing my job, and and that's actually right before I started my brand, right? So I, yes, it is actually, I lost my job. So now without money, obviously bills are falling behind. Lights are about to get shut off. Like everything's crazy. So my lights got shut off and girl, do you want to know what he did? What? He said, yo, I'm out. I'm going to my sister's house to watch TV. And he would stay there all day because there was electricity there and then he would only come back at night because why do you need nights lights at night right until my lights got turned on like he basically let me ride it out on my own i wasn't trying to sacrifice his wrestling or whatever shows he watched or, or whatever um in the house with me and mind you you know it's the daytime you don't you can live with it without lights in the daytime you know what i mean Right. And uh, and he was still he would diddy bop over there, smile the word. He would bop over there, and just disappear. And and I was like, yo, this is crazy. What am I doing? So finally, you know, we discussed that it wasn't going to work out. He was trying to like butter me up. He was like, you know, I got this job, whatever, and so and so, and I want to help you start your own business and whatever have you. And um, the long story of that is, girl, when he left, he robbed my bank account. Oh, my God. Yes, he did. He stole, I think with the grandson, it was like 600 and change from my bank account. He stole 200 and passed the card to his cousin to steal another four. Yes, ma'am. Because that was my, like, that was his little gift to me for kicking him out finally. And mind you, I took him back. So after kicking him out, he went with his cousin. His cousin kicked him out. 
And I took him back in for a few more weeks because he needed somewhere to go. And then he robs me on his way out for the last time. Wow. Yeah. So you got to watch out, ladies. There are men there and women, gentlemen, who are looking for a place to stay. And they don't care who you are, what you look like, what you smell like, what your IQ is. As long as they can butter you up so they can have a home, they are in there. And now let's get this 100% correct. If you are, you know, looking for somebody, it's not saying that you can't want somebody who has a house or want somebody that has a car. This is not what I'm describing. I'm describing a person who does literally does not care about you in most ways, with the exception of home, like a shelter, and or a vehicle for money. There's nothing wrong with caring about somebody who can provide for you. It's not about being uh, wrong with being in a relationship with someone who is better equipped to uh, to live life than you may be at the moment. But when it when the sole purpose is to seek the shelter, I find that it can be a very precarious situation, um, and it can result in things like what happened to me, where I was robbed. Keep in mind, if you are going to be with somebody. Uh, that you feel may be a homosexual, your expectations low with that situation, and keep your financial instruments like credit cards and checks uh, hidden. Because let's let's face it, people, you know, they'd rather be with a homosexual than be alone. And um, and if that's the case, just make sure you protect yourself financially, and that you keep your access to your bank accounts and all that to yourself. Amber, do you have any closing thoughts on this topic? We are on our way out of this podcast today. Um, well, you know, I know you said some people rather be with a homosexual and be by themselves. Um, what I want to leave you with on this topic is if you don't take the time to get to know yourself, what you like, what you don't like, how you like to be loved, how you like to be talked to, um, and how you present yourself and how you want others to see you, then nobody else will ever know what they need to do to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated, especially if you're not treating yourself the way that you deserve to be treated. Once you raise your your vibrations and your good energy to that point of, um, if you're not on the same vibration as me, you got to go because you don't fit. You'll be able to see them a mile away. And if you do want to stay here in my area, you got to rise up. Or get out. That's that's the mindset that you need to have. And it's okay. Those people that were hanging around um, and you weren't really sure, you'll start to see them fall off. And that is okay. They are making room for the tribe that you deserve to have. You raise your vibe, then you'll call your tribe. 
Um, so don't let the homosexual just use you for everything that you're worth because they turn into leeches and suck everything out of you that they can and keep it moving. So don't let them do it. You know, require them to raise up or raise out. That's all I got. Thank you, Amber. I'll leave you guys with this. One of the things that I've learned in my journey of relationships is that light, uh, the, excuse me, the dark cannot live amongst the light. And what I mean is that in all situations that I've been in, when I have changed myself, when I have looked inside myself for the answers, when I have looked at what I wanted and what I needed, and proceeded to move forward in the direction that I wanted to. All of those things that did not serve the circumstance had to fade away because they can't exist there. Like they can't present themselves in that space because it makes them uncomfortable. When you're when you are securing yourself, you know what you want, when you will understand what you're gonna stand for and what you're not gonna stand for. It makes people uncomfortable because people like to be comfortable. They like to be familiar. They like to feel like you're always going to stay the same. And when you elevate yourself to the next level, don't be disheartened that the person that you're with or the friends that are around you may not travel with you. And it's not necessarily anything that you did besides vibrate at a different, at a different level and besides walk further into the light of who you are and who you want to be. Well, I never feel that a person should allow someone to take advantage of them. And I, I pray that you believe in yourself and you have a high enough self-esteem not to. Where I was in my life at the time that I met that gentleman, he was able to do that to me because that's where I was vibrating. You attract who you are. And I was vibrating at a lower level. I thought I was all that, right? Because I was independent. But I was independent and not confident. So I had all this independence in the world, but I didn't have confidence because if I had confidence, I wouldn't have engaged in the activities that I engaged in. And I wouldn't have allowed the circumstances that I ended up being in. I take full accountability for that myself now. And I know what things, what things that I could, I would undo or do differently if that was then. But I can't live in the past. I can only live in the future. So can you. So even if this is the person that you're with today, don't knock yourself. Don't be like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm such a fool. Don't think that way. Think of this as a lesson and be thankful that you're able to see it now so you can move faster and further into the light. This is almost bougie. This is our love and relationships topic. Thank you so much for watching. Good night. And now a brief message from our sponsors. The Law Office of Dana Blue is a nationwide trademark law firm owned and operated by trademark attorney Dana Blue. Dana focuses her law on helping you clear and protect the various names, logos, and slogans that you use or intend to use to advertise your products and services in your business. And no matter where in the world you're located, Dana can still help you conduct your trademark search, prepare and file your trademark application, and even guide you through the United States trademark registration process or provide you with the legal counsel on defending your trademark. Please consider connecting with Dana at DanaBlueLaw.com. If you'd like a free consultation, 
You can reach Dana at 267-603-8300. That's 267-603-8300. And tell her you heard about her on Almost Bougie.